Broadcasting live from the Roswell Infinity Studio, it's time for North Atlanta's BizLink, the greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce linking you to business leaders. North Atlanta's BizLink is brought to you by Veritech. Veritech, great people, remarkable service. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to North Atlanta's BizLink. This is the monthly show presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce, where we highlight a lot of their great members. I'm Mike Salmond, alongside Nicole Sturgis with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Good afternoon, Nicole. Hi, Mike. It's great to be here, as always. Always a pleasure to see you, and I know you're really excited today because you have some award winners here in the studio. I am super excited today. We have two very special guests. We have Andy Cadrich, President and CEO of Turf Masters with us today, who is our Small Business Person of the Year award winner. We also have Joan O'Connell, the Development Director at Homestretch, accepting on behalf of Rose Burton, the previous Executive Director at Homestretch. So um, she was the Nonprofit Leader of the Year. So it's going to be a great show. Yes. Uh, We love hearing from winners and hearing their stories. And uh, so we're going to have a kind of a roundtable discussion today. We'll get to talk to them all at the same time. And I know they're excited to be here. So, so to both of our guests, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank and you. I'm going to allow you, Nicole, to take over with the questions. Well, we're excited to get started here. Um, the first thing I want to kind of talk about is just kind of telling our listeners your stories and um, an overview of kind of who Turf Masters is and also Homestretch. So, Andy, I'm going to kind of open it up to you. And will you kind of tell us a little bit about how you got started? I hear it's a it's a neat story. It's kind of a lengthy story. <laughs> uh, going back to when I was 16 years old, I wow, started okay. cutting grass in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for a company called Flagstone Landscaping. They are still around um, all, this, all these years later, 41 years later, um, but used to cut grass after school and high school, and it kind of found my love for, for turf. Um, long, long time ago and, and, you know, worked in the industry for obviously a lot of years, worked for some of the big corporations. Um, back in 2002 is when I started Turf Masters and uh, started it in the, the basement of my That's house. That's what I heard. Um, in Brookfield Subdivision in Roswell. Wow, yes. So I had some very patient uh, neighbors. Uh, but we started it. Uh, my neighbor across the street was our first customer, and um, we started doing his fertilization and weed control and aeration and aeration and seeding for him. And now we have thirty-five thousand customers. So wow, one to thirty-five thousand customers, right. literally. Yes. Wow. Over Sixteen years. So it has uh, really grown into uh, quite a substantial business. So. Yeah, I hear you have about 10 branches. Is that right? In four right. southeastern states? Uh, 10 locations in four states in the southeast. We have one in Birmingham, Alabama, Nashville, Tennessee. We are looking at opening another one in Nashville in 2019. Uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And then the other uh, seven are in just surrounding Atlanta. Wow. I've got a very important question. Yes. Do you service Brazelton, Georgia? We do. Great. We're oh, talking after the there show. there you go, Mike. Your next lawn care. <laughs> when you mentioned Brookfield, by the way, is it Brookfield West? Yes. I mean, I was like, I grew up in that area, too. You might have cut some lawns of a lot of my friends and fellow students. I'm sure we have. Brookfield has 1,000 homes. Yeah. We've got 400 customers in Brookfield. Wow. So. Wow. That's a, just a huge testament to 
who you guys are and um, kind of your your humble beginnings. And I hear that there's a certain mantra you live by. Is that true? We have, when we started the company, we started with a simple philosophy of take care of your customers, take care of your employees, and when we mess up, do the right thing and just fix it. And we, we lived by that when we were you know, one customer and mm-hmm. now 35,000 customers. We, we say it every week in our, in our uh, uh, manager conference call on Wednesdays. Somebody's got to say it every, every week, and uh, we definitely live by it. I love that. You, you mess up, you make it right. So right. That's, that's a great mantra to live by. Um, Joan, I'm going to jump over to you. We're super excited to have you here representing Homestretch. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Homestretch's history a, as an agency and kind of their role in the community for our listeners who don't know? Sure, and thank you for letting us be here. Yes. Uh, well, Homestretch started in 1991 where a group of the churches in the area and one of the nonprofits came together and said they were we were missing a big um, service. We had emergency services for homeless families, but we had families coming to us that had no housing. They were living in their cars. They couldn't maintain an apartment on their own, and the only place we could refer them to was downtown Atlanta. So at that time in 1991, a group of committed community uh, churches, businesses came together and said, we need to start a new nonprofit that addresses the housing issues here in North Fulton. So Homestretch was formed by a group of volunteers, became incorporated in 1993, and at that time had no paid staff, only operated by volunteers. Um, Some of the local churches in particular helped, and they started by paying rent for five different apartments so we could start to serve families who were homeless in the North Fulton area. So from 1993, when Homestretch became incorporated, uh, from that point, uh, by 1996, we were able to purchase some of our own housing and continue to grow over the years. Um, In 19, this year, 2018, we've just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Wow, that's a, that's a big deal. It is. It's, a, it's a, a testimony to all the hard work of the volunteers in the community um, and the strength of, of the churches, of the businesses, everyone who came together to make it happen. And so now we own 39 houses wow. in North Fulton, all in Roswell, where we serve homeless families who can come Um, into our houses and stay for 12 to 24 months while they learn life skills, uh, learn how to budget, learn how to manage and pay down debt, um, rebuild their lives. And also we, of course, help with the children because the children are the ones who are so greatly affected by this. Sure. Um, Many of the families who have been with us have been sleeping in their cars, sleeping in emergency shelters for short periods of time, some living in extended-stay hotels. So, you know, they finally have an opportunity to settle down and and just relax and pause for a moment, start to build themselves up with the skills that are needed um, to increase their wages, to pay down that debt, um, and rebuild their lives. So they, they come to us and stay for 12 to 24 months, and from there, 
um, we have incredible success. We get to see the beauty of families who are transformed, who become stable and uh, successful, um, and their children, you know, go on to be achievers. And I love so that. Great. I love so much that it's it's not just about. Um, providing housing and a, and a safe place to, to stay, but it's so much more than that. It's a, it's a mentorship and it's helping them. Okay. So how do, how do we get better in this area? How do we, how do we get you, uh, in a certain job or whatever it is? Um, I just think it's great that, that you guys partner with them and really set them up for success after, you know, later on in life, you know, you give them a great foundation, um, after they leave you guys. So, um, and I know you guys have a partnership with several um, North the North Fulton Poverty Task Force, the Housing Continuum. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you partner with in the community? Well, we have a number of partnerships, mm-hmm. um, and and that's really the only way that we can all be successful is sure. if we work together. Uh, one of them is the Housing and Homeless uh, Coalition of North Fulton, and that. Is the purpose of that is to be able to fill the gaps in of service. Just as Homestretch was formed to fill a gap in the housing service, we want to be sure that there is a continuum of care from the time a family goes possibly to North Fulton Community Charities for emergency rent or emergency assistance or food um, to be able to continue. Uh, and, and find the services that they need. So we have, you know, partnerships with the Roswell Housing Authority, uh, with many of the other nonprofits, with the food pantries, with Roswell United Methodist Church, with their job networking services, um, with mental health counseling through Summit sure. Counseling. So, you know, it, it it's very important. I mean, Homestretch has 11 staff people approximately 1,800 volunteers a year. But, you know, we're, we're limited in what we can do. We want the psychological, you know, assessments and counseling from outside professionals. We want the health and mental health. We have professional tutors who work with the kids. So, you know, these are all many, many partners or volunteers that we work with. Sure, sure. Do you find it to be a challenge maybe explaining to folks that there is a homelessness problem or a, a uh, you know problem with people not eating enough and so forth in North Fulton. Roswell, Alpharetta, people think, okay, homelessness, that's a city problem. We don't right. have that out here in the suburbs. Do you ever come across that a lot when you're talking to people? All the time. <laughs> They're surprised. All the time. They are, they are surprised. And, and part of what we consider our mission is to educate the community mm-hmm. uh, because now it's, uh, you know, I think you can pick up any newspaper or, you know, TV show and you hear about the crisis in this country of affordable housing. Well, that certainly exists in, in the North Fulton area. Not a question about that. Right now, wh- what we're seeing is um, in order to rent a two-bedroom apartment, you have to work at a minimum wage, 92 hours a week in order to afford a, a, a two-bedroom apartment. So that that basically equates to, I think, a $19.04 or $0.40 cents, um, an hour in order to afford that. Well, we have lots of, of workers um, who work in our restaurants, who work in our retail stores, 
uh, even our public servants in the police department and teachers often can't afford the rent in our community and have to live in other counties. So, you know, there's something that's called cost burden. And HUD defines that as 30% of your income should go towards your housing. Well, many of our families are 50 to 70% of their income going to housing. And, you know, that is just continuing to be a, a problem as the rents go up. So we have a hidden homeless population. We don't necessarily see them on the street corners like you do downtown Atlanta. But you know they're living but in they do exist. they're living in extended stay hotels they're jumping from one couch to another um you know so it's something that the community doesn't really know about um but they know it exists and they I, don't see it you know in their face and to I the think degree. Nicole people might be surprised too that it's the homeless the, the, the quality of people is different. It's not in the old days you would think, okay, it's people that are having problems with drugs, alcohol, uneducated. You're now finding, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit, well-educated people that are smart, intelligent, good people, but they just can't afford housing anymore because it it, it just doesn't match up anymore. Well, and, and their income is, is lower than, you know, what's needed for the rental of apartments in our area. So it's, it is a major crisis, um, you know, and there's a big debate because we need workers in our community. We need, you know, those who we can pay minimum wage or a little above, and yet they can't travel. We don't have public transportation, so they can't easily get to work. And, you know, if they do um, and have their own vehicle, there's a big expense that goes with that. And many of our families, you know, this population that we talk about, we call them the workforce population. Uh, Low-income families are predominantly single mothers with children. In Homestretch, 95% of the families that we take in are single mothers with children. So, you know, then you add the having to work full-time, manage the kids, get them to school, uh, you know, live in a suitable home for the children to be able to prosper and learn. And so, you know, it's then you may have child care expenses. Some of our families are hardworking. Most of them are very hardworking. But what happens when your child gets sick? You have to stay off from work. So there you are. You don't get paid for that day. You know, it's not like other types of jobs where you have full benefits. So there are so many challenges that come with that. And uh, we have families. We had one family um, who lived in an extended stay hotel, this was a, a mother and a father. There are five children, one room for two years. Not because they weren't working, not because they weren't earning a living, because they couldn't save up enough money to be able to get the deposit into, you know, for an apartment. Sure. They had to pay their extended stay hotel. So, you know, it just becomes this snowball that is very hard for a family, a low-income family, to break. To break that cycle. And that's where yeah. Homestretch comes in to be able to assist them with well, that we process. appreciate all the work that you do in the, the community. That's um, really amazing. Um, I want to jump back over to Andy and talk about, um, I know you told us kind of how you got started, but a little bit more about your career path and, and kind of what brought you to this point. Um, so why don't we start with that? Well, again, like I said earlier, it started 
when I was 16 years old cutting right. grass, and fortunately I found what I really love to do, which is the landscape industry. Um, so I did that, uh, went to college for a little bit, never finished. Um, but I make my kids go to college and finish. Um, but uh, then went to work for um, some of the larger companies, started out as a spray technician, um, went into sales, then went into management, kind of worked my way up to actually to number three uh, person in one of the national companies. Um, when that company was sold, um, that's when I decided to start Turf Masters and, um, you know, just built it with the, the philosophy that I mentioned earlier where take care of your customers, take care of your employees, and when you mess up, do the right thing. And that's Well, and that's why you guys have such a big loyal following now, um, which is amazing and a, a testament once again to you guys. And I want to I talk about, for our listeners, because I think this is important, the difference between lawn care and landscaping. Yeah, there's we're often mistaken for the guys who go out and cut grass. We don't yeah. we don't cut grass, we don't do any pruning, although we do partner with a lot of those guys cuz they're great at doing the landscaping, the mowing, sure. pruning, all that, but they're not very good at the chemical lawn care, which is what we do. What you specialize the in. The fertilization, weed control. We also have a separate program for trees and shrubs where we keep the insects off the plants. Um, make sure that we keep the disease out of the plants, feed them. Um, so we're really good at that because it's all based on timing. The landscapers are really good at mowing and trimming the bushes. They don't, they can't really keep up with it. So there's a lot of landscapers that hire us to take care of their customers. Wow. And then we've actually built a lot of landscaping companies because we don't do what they do. So we refer them to our customers and it's it's a pretty good partnership, but there we are wildly different. Yeah, and I think that that's that's great for people to note that again, you guys are lawn care. And how many different chemicals would you say about treatments that you guys do? Uh, we do seven treatments a year that okay. are perfectly timed out. That, like I said earlier, that's the key to chemical lawn care. Is you have to have your pre-emergent done by a certain time of the year. Um, you have to have your fertilization done by a certain time of the year. Then in, in the fall, if you don't do your fall pre-emergent, um, then your lawn's got a, a bunch of weeds in it all winter. So um, it's we really don't use any chemicals that are different than what you buy in Home Depot or Lowe's or any of the other uh, box stores. Um, it's We know when to put them down. And when and how much to put down, which is that's the key is timing and the right amount. It's the expertise that, that they'd be getting. Um, how did, how is your lawn looking right now, Mike? Just out of curiosity. That's the reason I asked Andy if you served <laughs> Brazelton. But I, I know as a business owner, there had to be some thoughts in the back of your mind. Maybe we do become more of a full service and we offer the mowing, or is that like you never or is thought that about? Far, yeah. is that, yeah, never thought of, about that at all. One of my biggest mistakes in life was that I did go into that, and we had obviously a lot of chemical customers that we. That we had, and I figured, all right, we'll go into the maintenance. We did that for about three years and lost a lot of money at it because we, it was kind of a sideline and we focused more on the chemical part of it. Um, so we almost gave that business away just 
to make sure that our customers were taken care of and just focused only on the the fertilization and weed control. But there's a, there's a lesson there. I mean, you know, for any business, I mean, just, you know, if, you, if you're really, really good in your one area, in your niche, uh, you know, you can stay there and do very well. Yeah, you don't have to be everything to everybody. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of very, very successful landscape companies out there that do great, phenomenal work, but they focus on that one thing. And uh, um, I think it was a sideline to us, and it it was a mistake, but... You know, if you never try, you never know. That's right. And I always say, you know, to have those one or two key foundational um, items for your business and build upon that, get really good at those two things, say there are two things, get really good at those things, and that's that's the foundation for everything you do. That's what's going to be reflected back to the community, to your customers, to your audience. Um, so I think that that's really great that you, you tried it. And you can always say you tried it and you gave it a shot, but what worked for you guys and what your true specialty was, was the chemicals. So you, so you got back to kind of the heart of who you guys are. So I love that. Um, Joan, I'm going to jump over to you and talk a little bit about your background and how uh, you came to Home Stretch, how everything's kind of led you to this point in your career. Okay. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I started as a social worker in New York. Okay. And I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Long Island. Long Island, I exactly. Knew it. That's Long where Island. the accent That's is. Right. Yes. 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 You sound like all my relatives. Oh, I really? Knew it, but I okay. Good. <laughs> and I. Hicksville. Oh, close. Close. Okay. It's on the Long Island Railroad. Oh, Billy Joel's area. <laughs> That's oh, right. There Billy you go. Joel. Yes. Absolutely. My brother went to school with him. So, yeah. Um, so I started as a social worker, and then I met my husband. We moved to Massachusetts. Guess what? In Boston, there were no social work she jobs. She followed me. I was in Massachusetts, too. Really? <laughs> Where? Well, f- we lived in Wellesley. First, we lived in Bellingham. Okay. Then we lived in Wellesley. That's on, on the Cape, isn't it? Uh, no, not okay. Framingham, oh, yeah. that area. Uh, Sharon. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, no, I'll, I'm going to sit back and be quiet. I now. love this. This yeah. is great. You didn't move you to New Jersey after new. that, did no, you? No, I didn't. Okay. No, no New but Jersey. But now here we are in Atlanta. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is following each other. Yeah. I'm, not sure which I'm way trying to figure it, it out. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I worked with young people in an outreach program, and then moved to Massachusetts. Couldn't find a job there, which is surprising in social work. So I went into uh, insurance, insurance claims, and risk management. And I worked in that field for many years. And I, st- I started working as a risk manager for nonprofit agencies. And, you know, I think after doing that for a number of years, my, you know, my heart was always in the social work. Mm-hmm. Um, then I moved down. My husband got transferred down here to Georgia. And I continued in the risk management field and you know, one day, this big sledgehammer came and hit me and said, what I really want to do is social work. So I went back to Georgia State for their master's program and ended up um, going into social work. And so I, I actually was the executive director of a couple of a number of different programs. Um, and somehow I ended up at uh, one of them 
there was a reorganization, and so I was kind of looking for new opportunities, started working with a consulting company, and Homestretch was looking for a temporary grant writer consultant, and so that's how I ended up at Homestretch. Okay. And after six months, they said, would you like to you know, stay on and, and become a full-time employee? So that was five and a half years ago, and so I've been the development director at Homestretch since... That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's I love hearing about y'all's stories and backgrounds um, because as we get into talking about your awards here um, and, and how they tie in. So, Andy, Mr. Small Business Person of the Year, what does this award mean to you? Well, it, it, when I received the award, first of all, it was a company celebration because I looked at it as it was the company that was getting the award because we have – if I didn't have all these great people that were working with me, I wouldn't have gotten that award. Um, but it really validates um, what we set out to do when we started Turf Masters, which was to be a company that, you know, takes care of its customers, obviously, but takes care of its employees by providing a great living where they can um, have a good place to go to work, but understanding that their family is number one, they still have the time um, to, to be with their family. Um, it also kind of validates that, that, you know, when we started it, we wanted to be a company that was um, active in the community. We've, we've been very active in the community, whether it's our Nashville, um, Birmingham, Greenville, or in Atlanta. All the branches are very active in the community. Um, it really just validates what we set out to do 16 years ago was build this great company with great people in it. And, um, and that's what popped into my head when I got the award first was, geez, we really, we've really built something great with a lot of great people. That's so neat. It's, it's a team effort, um, which is so exciting. And um, I know lots of people were just very excited for, for you guys. And um, I know that it's just the beginning of the next 16 years. That's right. So That's right. it's going to be great. Um, I want to jump over to you, Joan. I, I know mm-hmm. that you're accepting on behalf of Rose Burton, but to go off of kind of follow Andy there, uh, it's a team effort. So home stretch mm-hmm. uh, in general, I know, was just so um, – we're just so excited that, that you guys won this award. And um, Rose had the opportunity to move closer to family, I understand, in Maryland. Yes, so um, so you were able to come in today and kind of talk about what does this award mean to Homestretch? Okay. Well, first, um, it is an award for the nonprofit leader. So, yes. you know, I want to acknowledge that Rose was so well-deserving of this yes, award. very deserving. Um, during the 10 years that she was with Homestretch, she expanded the program tremendously, Um she had a prior background in finance and banking, uh, which I think that expertise combined with the nonprofit uh, helped to move us ahead to purchase more real estate, to look at how we can serve other parts of our program. We had the homeless population, but we also saw a challenge when they graduated from our program because of this affordability. So we then moved some of our houses to affordable housing. So she she was a great visionary, 
And that was exactly what Homestretch needed, you know, during this time to be able to uh, solidify our place in the community, to, to grow the agency, um, and to continue to get great results. So um, one of the quotes that she had given was, if one is honored, all share in the joy. I love that. Yeah, and I love that too because that's how she felt, but it's also how everyone involved with Homestretch feels Mm -hmm. Um, because one of us might do the work, one of us might have that success with a family, or one mentor might be able to move that family to a new level, but we all share in the joy because we know that not one person can do it alone. So um, we have, as I said, we started with volunteers. We, and then years later, we had a part-time employee. You know, and then a few years later, we were actually able to get one full-time employee and continue to grow. The only way we could do that was with all of the support of the community, with the volunteers um, who helped all the families and helped the agency. You know, the leaders of the community, because we didn't have the financial background, we certainly didn't have technology experience, we didn't have, you know, we were missing so much of that, and we had to rely on the community to help us. So it really is an honor for the whole community, the the ones who founded the agency, um, those who helped us to grow, who helped us to serve families. Each year we, we help at least 30 families to succeed and grow into stable, you know, families and productive lives for for themselves and their children. So, you know, over the years, that's a lot of success, and and it takes the whole community to be able to do that. Absolutely, and um, that life skills piece is just so important is what Mm -hmm. stands out to me, is that it must be so rewarding to look back and um, with all the families you guys have served and say, you know what, we gave them the skills to go out and, and do this later in life and be successful. And um, I just love that. Um, and I was going to say just, you know, something that many, many people don't know, but 50, over 50% of the, the life skill education is on financial literacy because so many families, that's how they got themselves into the trouble to start with. They didn't know how to manage money. Sure. So we spend a lot of time on budgeting, on you know managing, comparing income to expenses, uh, looking at that debt, and how that's impacting you know their whole financial picture. Um, so you know it's not something that people would like to have education on, but sure. the success after we had one family that just graduated and they came in with like 400 credit rating and now it's over 700. They wow, didn't realize fantastic. what that opportunity gives them. Now they can rent an apartment on their own, you know, something that they couldn't do before this because of bad credit That's rating. huge. Yeah. So. And what are the different, just this came up, what are the different criteria um, that you guys evaluate um, in terms of who you accept into your your program each year. Okay. Well, first, it's a family program, right. so you have to have uh, one at least one adult um, and minor children, and you have to be homeless, which means you you meet the criteria according to HUD guidelines. Um, you have to have some connection to the North Metro area 
we we don't want people from you know out of state coming in. We we sure. hope that there's going to be uh, their job here or family or some support system that they can build on afterwards, and they have to be working full time. And that's an unusual criteria that they're working because people it say, is. "How can you be homeless and working?" Well, the population that we're talking about. You know, they that work, a lot of people don't realize they work very hard, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, but still have a hard time managing, you know, to be able to pay their rent and other expenses. So um, so those are the main criteria for for coming in. Probably the one that's not really written in there, but is the most important is they have to re- be motivated to want to change. They they, it's not a program for people who just need a bed. It's a program for people who want to change, who are willing to work hard at it, who want to learn these new skills um, because they know that they can see in uh, you know a future after that's going to be different than what they've had for all these years. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, Andy, I'm dying to know, what is the first thing you look at or you think about when you look at somebody's lawn whether there's anything to work with <laughs> um, and you'd be surprised how how often it happens where our our salespeople will go out to a property and they'll say there's really nothing not much that to we do. Can do here what you need to do is you need to work with a landscaper first and maybe resod or or seed it with fescue or but you got to start over so do you find yourself like going to a over to a dinner, you know, party one night at a friend's or a neighbor's and looking at their lawn saying, How could this be better? On a regular basis. <laughs> and there's there's always a lot of lawn care talk going on when we go to parties around oh, the neighborhood. Oh, I'm sure. You're the expert. You're the neighborhood expert. Yeah. And sometimes I'm the sounding board. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, we may have to have you come take a look at our uh, our office lawn here in North Fulton. We don't have too much, but we do have a little grassy area. Maybe you know, I'm, with I'm some tables, maybe could they could do make something. Make it look better. That's right. That's right. Um, the last question I'm going to ask each of you is something we like to close the show out with. But what matters most to you? Whether it's um, a guiding principle or, or a faith, your faith or, or a uh, mantra that that you like to live by, what matters most, Andy? Well, it's it's family. Um, I'm one of eleven children from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So um, my parents raised us to work hard, do the right thing, be honest, um, and I've really taken that and. I built a business by it, and it's interesting how you take those those values, whether you're hiring people, you use it, whether you're going out and doing taking care of grass, you're you're using those values. Um, I've raised my my children that way. Um, it's it's really that's that's my foundation is that Midwest hard work ethic with. And just be honest. You know, it's a lot easier um, to do the right thing and be honest than it is to do the other. So that's really where that's what kind of keeps me going every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about uh, for you, Joan? What what matters most to you? Well, certainly family and, and speaking from Homestretch uh, and why I even do this work is because everybody deserves a second chance. You know, there are some crisis 
that happened during our lives um, that set us back. Uh, some places where we need assistance, you know, that we can't do it alone. Um, you know, whether it's our childhood with some unusual things that might happen, um, you know, some emptiness that needs to be filled. So, you know, I, the families that we see um, are not too different from families I see in my own life. You know, there are things that happen, and there are some who have that strength and ability and resilience to be able to just pull themselves out and recover and move on and be able to succeed. And others need need a help. You know, they need a helping hand. So I think that, um, you know, for myself and, and for the families that we serve, uh, you know, that's a motto that we follow and that, that you know, that that strength that we can offer to each other, um, that community commitment and involvement uh, is just really important because, you know, it's too hard in this life sometimes to do it by yourself. Absolutely. So. We all need a little help at, mm-hmm. at times with, with something. So um, it's it's not too far off to relate to some of those families who may be going through hard times um, in in different ways, you know, so... I think that that's awesome. Mike, do you have any uh, any remaining questions for our panel here? Uh, yes. The most important question you'll get all day. For those that would like to find out more, use your services, Andy, or obviously volunteer or help you any way they can uh, with you, Joan. Uh, how can people reach out? Uh, give a website, perhaps. Andy, how can right. people find out more about um, Turf Masters? Turf Masters is very easy. It's www.turfmasterslawncare.com um, or... 888-924-7718. Joan? Okay, and you can go to our website, which is www.homestretch.org. Um, we, on there, we have a wish list of if you want to donate. We have lots of volunteer opportunities. If you're a family in need of help, you know, there, there's some good information. And we also have a barbecue coming up October 28th on the grounds of Roswell City Hall. And we can't exist without the support of the community, and that also means financial support. And so this is a fundraiser, and it's part of how we survive and are able to serve the community. So hopefully um, anybody who's listening would like to come to that. We're going to have a great time and good music, great barbecue. I'm assuming information about that and any other fundraiser you do would be on the website. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great, great stuff. Congratulations to both of you for Thank your you. awards. Okay. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank and Nicole, for, for those that would like to find out more about the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Yes, please visit us at www.gnfcc.com. Take a look at our upcoming events calendar. We have lots of exciting things in the works, including our Tech 400 blockchain event and also our healthcare summit coming up. And our, our one of our majors and our favorites is our 2018 annual GNFCC Golf Classic. So if anyone's interested about sponsorship opportunities or would like to participate and um, get a foursome together, please contact us. Information is on our on our site there. And as always, it's great being with you guys today. Yeah. And uh, if you're not a member of the North Fulton Chamber, sign up. Sign Lots up. Lots of great benefits and reasons to gr- and ways to grow your business. All right. Well, Nicole, great job. Want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And uh, our wonderful uh, producer Trey and his intern John. Thank you very much. Uh, until next time, I'm Mike, and this has been North Atlantis BizLink on Business Radio X.